everything is actual, and everything has meaning and consequence. From physical matter to the language we use to the thoughts we think, everything permeates everything else. However, these things are only actual for a time, and we can only say that something is actual within a given and a particular time and a given and particular space, because matter eventually dissipates. Thoughts are thunk and then discarded. Language is spoken, and then there is silence. So everything has an impermanence about it. So with this realization, a great distinction occurs. We have two choices. We either act as though everything has meaning, or nothing has meaning. In the philosophical persuasion of existentialism, um, the existential atheists who dominate the existential philosophical conversation believe that nothing has any meaning, with a few going a slight step further to say that nothing really has meaning unless we ourselves create meaning out of it, but that there's no inherent meaning that lies underneath all things. What I think is more commonly agreed upon is that the nature of the world itself is one that floods itself with recognizable beauty. And yet, at the same time, we as observers are often unable to do anything with that recognition other than simply observe it. But the pervading existential mode of thinking is one that is isolated oftentimes from that recognition of beauty. Beauty is something that exists in the world juxtaposed to this horror that lives just as vivaciously, if not more, alongside of it. And we as observers are sort of stunned into inaction when faced with both of those realities. But if we were able to get beyond that inability to act, if we were able to get beyond the horror and see everything as beautiful, even those things that we might be initially inclined to recognize as, as horrible, if we could somehow view those things with the same kind of awe and magnificence as we do those things that inspire us, if we could, in common language, see everything as beautiful, then what kind of power would that give to us? And I'm not talking about seeing everything is only beautiful, per se, but more so talking about the ability to recognize even a shred of beauty 
in everything, even those things which present themselves as horrors to us as individuals. There is a line which exemplifies the point that I'm attempting to make, a line in a Joseph Conrad novel called uh, The Heart of Darkness, um, which was later turned into a movie um, called Apocalypse Now. And one of the main characters in the movie talks about this sort of beauty within the horror as he's speaking about how when uh, one time he was in this village in Cambodia, he had to inoculate all uh, these children for polio. And uh, they did the inoculations, and as they were walking away, a man came up to them crying and had them come back. And um, when they got back to the camp, they saw these piles of tiny arms that were had been hacked off uh, by the elders of the village. The arms that they had just put shots of inoculations into had just been hacked off by the elders of the village because they didn't want their medicine or they thought that you know there was some malicious intent going on there and and Colonel Kurtz the character who's describing this scene said that even though he wept and he felt this pain, this human pain went through him, this empathy for all these children that he had just tried to take care of by giving these inoculations, that even though he felt this pain for them, he also recognized the will and the genius and the strength of the people who did that, the people who cut off the arms of these small children. And he realized that strength, is, is, as he described it, is perfect and genuine and complete and crystalline, pure. And he realized that the people who had carried out this act were not monsters. These were men who had families who had children of their own and who were filled with love, uh, loves of their own. But they still at the same time had the strength to carry out that act. Men who could summon up their primordial instincts, as he describes it, to kill without feeling or without passion or judgment, without judgment. Because, as he goes on to say, it's the judgment that, in the end, defeats us. It's as soon as we try to judge something that we instantly lose understanding for it. As soon as we stop recognizing the purity of an act, of any act, and judge it for something that it most often is not. But we try and judge things so they align with our own 
understanding of what is, and oftentimes our own understanding of what is, is misguided or unclear. All of us carry this ability within us, not too deeply under the surface of ourselves. All of us have this connection to the purity of the actions of the world. All of us have this relationship. All of us have this kind of strength and this sort of ability to recognize without judgment. As a matter of fact, that ability is our original ability. This ability simply to see and not to judge. But the funny thing is, is oftentimes that when we look for it, or when we try to define it, it escapes us entirely. It's an ability and it's a feeling we have to recognize something beyond its mere sensuousness, or beyond our mere surface connections with the world and the world's actions. But again, when we look to grasp what that something is, what that connection is, what that recognition is, it completely escapes us, not just in speech, but in thought and in feeling altogether. It is a funny thing, our relationship to the world, one where we are both connected and estranged at the deepest of levels. And there is this strange seat we have of all of it, where things pendulum in and out of existence, and we sit by and are privy to that happening of the birth of being and the emergence of all being into eventual nothingness. And we as witnesses to all this happening try and make sense of it in the best way we can. And we're left with this indescribable feeling about it all. We're left with something that we can't quite articulate conceptually. We can't quite grasp it through language. We can't quite speak of it through words. So if at some point we are eventually able to come to a point where we are able to have a relationship with the phenomena of the world where we have only a feeling about it and not a rush to, to judgment. If we are able to position ourselves within the world and not as an observer looking upon it as some audience member observing a theatrical production, if we can place ourselves in a very intimate way within all those happenings of the world, and we are able to see the unbounded and relentless beauty and the safety that the world holds us in 
regardless of our physical or mental conscious state, we encounter nothing but beauty. And through all that encountered beauty, we want to take it and we want, we want to do something with it. We want to give it something that it's given us. And then instead of just hapless, passive observers of life, we are full participants in all of its happening. And we build this reciprocating, mutual relationship in which we are constantly communicating with it, and it is constantly communicating to us. And if we go further, we find that it's not even so much a communication as it is a single harmonious action of different yet wholly indispensable parts which complete one another.